Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Kyle Porter is here. KP, hello. Happy Friday. Hello, Rick. I uh, watched a ton of golf today. Uh, it was great. My, my wife is out of town, so I had all four kids, and we just watched golf, and they're, they're dialed. Everybody's dialed. dialed. The Porters yeah. are dialed. Yeah, they're locked in. My two-year-old or my three-year-old – thinks that she picked everybody in the field. I'm like, that was the, that was a month ago that you did that. So yeah, there it's, it was great. Like I, sometimes, as you know, there are days where you, you catch a little bit, you see some highlights, you get some, some, some uh, statistics, but the day, the best days are the ones where you watch a ton of golf. So that's, it's, it's fun to, to be able to do that and then come talk about it. Yeah, being able to see the ebbs and flows of a round, always very important. Uh, I believe Phil Mickelson has entered an ebb at the moment because uh, the Billy Walters excerpts are coming out. So for those who need to get caught up on this, uh, Billy Walters went to prison for insider trading, was a partner of Phil Mickelson in uh, a ton of of, of wagering. Uh, yeah, what do you what do you even call it? Like, I don't know. Business endeavors. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I started that sentence, I was like, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> they made bets together. Lots of them uh, over over many years for lots of money. Uh, Billy Walters now out of prison. His book is coming out in KP. The excerpts are making it out. So I think I think the book comes out in about 10 days, two weeks or so. And we're starting to get a glimpse into kind of the relationship that these two had. I have some snippets. I have some quotes. I have some figures. But we kind of knew we knew this book has been would would come out like we've known about this book. We have, and I've heard uh, the, the, the excerpt is like, yeah, this is kind of what, I, I don't know how much more there is. I, I've not read it. I, I, I have no idea, but I don't know how much more there is to come out. It seems like this was kind of like the, the stuff, right? And I think, Listen, like I think it would be easy to look at this and and kind of dunk on Phil and you know, I think there is a, a there's a there's a there's a through line here of like and and Joel Beal was kind of commenting on this yesterday on Twitter and I thought it was it's a little amusing. Um there's a through line of like hey, Phil bet on a bunch of major league baseball games and that's why we have two golf leagues now. <laughs> right? <laughs> like there's certainly a a story there that you're like that is n- Maybe not exactly how things went down, but it's not that far from reality. But I think, I think, 
listen, like the thing I, and, and I, I, I'm glad you said, you said this on Twitter and, and I'd love for you to kind of like go a little deeper on it, but I think there's just some sadness there from me about the whole thing. Clearly there's like a, there's like a, forget about the money. Just look at the frequency. Like that's a real problem. Like that's a real issue for a person, uh, regardless of whether it's a famous person or an athlete or whatever. And then I think obviously the bombshell is, is the Ryder cup stuff. And that is like, man, that's, it's funny to kind of joke about. And like, I'm sure a ton of things will like be joked about during this year's Ryder cup. But it's like, that's a, that's massive. Like that's such a big deal. And I, I, I don't know whether Phil did or did not bet on the Ryder cup, but for that to even be a thing is like, geez, like that's, that's monumental. So uh, I'll, I'll credit. Um, so this is uh, the, the, I'm reading it on golf digest, but it was originally via uh, fire pit collective. They have a, a content partnership with one another. So the excerpt uh, available in both places. If you, if you do want to check it out, the, the frequency or the reported uh, habits of Phil Mickelson between 2010 and 2014, he wagered $110,000 to win a hundred thousand, 1100 times. Uh, 858 occasions in which he bet 220,000 to win 200,000. In 2011 alone, over one year, he made 3,100 bets, about nine a day. Um, he wagered 7,000 times on football, basketball, and, and baseball games during, during that period. I think that Phil Mickelson is generally an easy target. Right. He he wants to be and thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He says a lot of silly stuff. It's fun. Whatever. This is a man with a with a serious gambling addiction. Um, he's acknowledged that and said he has uh, been seeking help and has done hundreds of hours of uh, therapy. And, and I just don't want to necessarily get these two things confused KP right where I'm I'm happy to make uh <laughs> to poke fun at Phil a lot this is a serious addiction and and because um society kind of looks at addiction weird anyway but also looks at it from a perspective like Phil just happens to have made at least enough money to have have this gone on for as long as it is where seemingly it has not been uh, financial ruin for him and his family. He's tweeted out that he's worth close to a billion dollars now, but that that does not make this any less of a a problem, and probably something that he fights all the time, right? I mean, this is this is this is something that he will deal with every every single day. That's that's the that's the fact of it. I have complicated feelings about this. I, I generally really like Phil as a character. I think he's. He's he's like the best character. Like he's he sports needs more people like him, but I think he's a complicated character, right? And I think that you know some of this is like, yo, can we stop the narrative that like benevolent Phil went out of his way to like make life better for all the PGA tour? Right? Like that that's just such like a stupid sloppy narrative when the reality is like, hey, seems like there's like a money issue or issues here. Right. And I, I don't, I don't know all the details of that, but I think this is pretty clear. Like it, 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 for me, it clarifies some of the live, like, like the reasons behind 
freaking like writing the operating agreement for a lift, right? And, and so let's stop with all that. But I think, it, did you watch the the Bryson Phil video um, of the, their just, match? Just the first couple minutes. I got to go back and and finish it. Okay, so well, you probably saw this part then, and they were talking. We were talking about like, hey, we're betting for a thousand, you know. And it's like, well, are we okay? Like, this is somebody that clearly has a problem. Are we? We're kind of like still celebrating that. I just don't. I don't know what to do with, you know, kind of both sides of Phil. And I think Phil doesn't know what to do with both sides of Phil. And I think that's why, you know, he is he's a polarizing figure, but he's also a very compelling one because it's, it's almost like Phil does things that most normal people have no connection to, or like they can't identify with, but the human nature part of it, of like struggling to be this one thing when you're like wanting to be this other thing, that's something that everybody can deal with or that, that everybody can relate to. And I think that is what has made Phil such a compelling figure over the course of his career. Yes. And I think with, um, you know, everything we read about Phil basically throughout his entire life in the, the Shipnuck book that came out, what was that last year? And then, you know, this, this is not a surprise. We've heard a lot of this stuff, but yeah, I think it is. Um, it's very complicated. It's very, there are a lot of layers to Phil. It, it is a little, yeah, I think he said like, I only, I only gamble. He, he acknowledges he has a gambling addiction. And then he says, I only bet, you know, a thousand dollars. I don't bet more than a thousand dollars. And someone on Twitter, I, I don't remember who said it's like, that's like having a drinking problem and just saying, well, I'm gonna have one drink a night. Right. That's all I'm just going yeah. And that would never be the advice from anyone, any, any professional anywhere. So I, it's going to be very easy to poke fun at this. It's going to be very, uh, and I'll, I'll save my barbs for other stupid stuff. Phil does. But I'll probably hang. I'll probably hang back on the gambling addiction stuff. What What was your take on the on the Ryder Cup portion? Because that was like the to me that was the all the other stuff. You're like uh, the numbers are big, but not totally unexpected. The Ryder Cup was like whoa, 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 that's that's different. And realistically, I mean, while he's, I mean, he could afford to lose. I mean, it's not a good idea. I wouldn't recommend it. But I mean, the guys had a lot of had a lot of cash flow in the, the, what Kyle's talking about is the idea that Phil Mickelson wanted to put down $400,000 on uh, the, on team USA winning the Ryder cup um, in what was that? 14, uh, 12, 2012. So, uh, so I think two things, I, I don't feel this way, but I think most people, not most people. There is a there is a segment of the population that will say, "Well, he wanted to bet on himself. What does it matter? He wanted to bet on the team to win. What does it matter?" People said that about Pete Rose. People say that about some of these new, you know, we're seeing NFL players who are making bets. Oh, well, they bet on themselves. What does it really matter? All I know is that there is um, there is like one rule of sport when it comes to gambling and it's to like not gamble on your sport, not gamble on things that you are involved in. And while it is a lot of money, it is such a stupidly small amount of money to Phil Mickelson. Like the Phil Mickelson winning $400,000 when he is making $50 million a year is not worth any of the trouble. And it's not even worth it's not even going to be noticed in his bank account. It is literally just like the thrill of him trying to do something nobody else would be brave enough to do. Put $400,000 on yourself to win the Ryder Cup. There is a, that's the addiction part of this. So it's, it's completely bonkers to a normal person. 
Yeah. But I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think it, the problem becomes that it's like, you've already gone, you've, you've already said I'm willing to bet on games, like events that I play in. Right. That's the big zero to one jump. That's the binary. Yes or no. And the, the, the jump from I'm willing to bet against myself or my team or whatever to me is a smaller jump than going from I'm willing to bet at all. Right. Yes. And it's, and it's, and it, it always starts with, well, I'm not feeling so great today and I, I'm not going to play well anyway. So I might as well make a buck on it and bet against myself. And then it's, well, now I'm playing, I'm playing well, I'm feeling good again, but this is easy money because I control the outcome. It's, it, it is a, the definition of a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure Phil will, I guess, talk at, at some point about all of this. I, I don't know that there's going to be a ton more. I think the Ryder Cup was the big bombshell. I don't know that there's going to be a ton more in the book. Maybe there is. I, I don't really know. But I just think it 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 almost just enhances or or blows up his kind of character even more of like it's just more of what we already thought about phil that he's kind of always at war with himself and again that's it's not relatable to bet four hundred thousand dollars on yourself in the Ryder cup if he did or didn't do that to even have that inkling none nobody that i know would ever like even have the opportunity to do that right but it is relatable to like be struggling with something and i i just retweeted this great story that um, this person that volunteered at the memorial as a kid talked about like how kind Phil was to him and cinema putter cover, like just all these really cool things that you do hear about Phil that I think he's just, I think he just struggles with like good and evil, like within himself. And that is freaking relatable. And so I, I don't, it's fun and easy to dunk on Phil to make jokes. There will be probably some jokes during the Ryder cup and hopefully they're tasteful, but I, I think the relatability of it <laughs> somewhat humorously because it's not relatable at all is actually my big takeaway. All right. We are going to reset here and get you up to date on everything that is going on in Memphis at the moment. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And we're back halfway point in Memphis. We've lost the KP. So I will roll along until we figure out a way to get him back. I'm sure Josh is working on that feverishly. The top of the leaderboard looks devilishly similar to what it looked like last week. Lucas Glover playing like 2000 Tiger Woods, maybe even 2014 Billy Horschel because Lucas Glover has his nose out in front thanks to a Friday 64 KP. This is a completely new guy. This is this is wild stuff what he's up to right now. Yeah, it is. Sorry, I dropped out there. My computer froze. I don't know what happened. Um, man, he's uh, 
he's playing amazing golf, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, everybody, you, you've, you, and I'll let you talk about some of the putter stuff because that's been a kind of a revelation. It seems like, mm-hmm. uh, but he's, he's, I mean, you talk to anybody that's out on tour and it's like, dude, he's a flusher, like a flusher, like top 1% of flushers. And it's been, um, you know, most players that are like that are able to overcome the putting part. Um, you know, I, you think about great players of the last 20 years who were maybe just kind of okay, put, even somebody like a, like a Morikawa, like he's such a flusher that the putting doesn't really matter that much. And for Glover, he's just been such a bad putter that it actually has mattered. And it's been, you know, I read his transcript afterwards and he was talking about how they're like, do you have any, do you feel like you have any weaknesses right now? And he's like, yeah, everything. And he was just such a, like, I've been out here for 25 years and I know how quickly this can turn around, uh, like go the other way answer. And so it, it was just, I think he's a very thoughtful, um, I don't know about relatable, but just a very thoughtful, interesting guy to listen to and to kind of like root for in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a cool part of his career right now. Yeah. So the reason that he's even been able to keep his tour card for 20 years is because he's a, he's an a one flusher because the putter is garbage and <laughs> what he has, what he has done very recently is switch to that long broomstick style putter. It's been about two months now. He talked to, I believe he said his name is Jason Kuhn, uh, which is, I don't know if that's the same. There's a couple of Jason Coons. There's, there's, Jason Kuhn's a high-level poker player. Uh, I don't think it's him. I think it's somebody. I mean, honestly, it could be. um, About the mental side of things in the yips, I think he said as a former Marine. I don't know if it's the same guy or not or if there's two of them. But he has really figured something out. Uh, It hasn't been been this like he gains five strokes putting every single week. But him just being a zero with the flat stick is, is huge. And KP, I mean, he... He started the Wyndham like 121st in the FedEx Cup standings. If this ends right now, he's third with just the BMW Championship and the Tour Championship to go. Uh, so if there was ever a time to get hot and figure out your game, you're making a lot of money doing it right now. Yeah, I mean, there's no chance he can make the Ryder Cup team, right? I mean, if he wins this and... Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole reason they moved... The Billy Billy Horschel made this possible to for guys who get hot at the end of the year to be on the Ryder Cup team. Are you gonna? What if he goes? What if he wins the Wyndham, wins the FedEx St. Jude, and finishes third in the Tour Championship? You keep him off the team. <clears throat> um, say that again. If he wins the Wyndham, wins done. Yeah, wins this week, which he's leading at the halfway point. Yeah, and finishes third in the Tour Championship. Um. Man, the the Ryder Cup is like, I it, the, it's almost like you know how when you, you, you're you're like a major championship is playing out and it's Sunday afternoon and you're like I do I have less of an idea who's going to win now than I did on on Thursday morning, mm-hmm. right? That's how I feel about the bottom of the right U.S. Ryder Cup team. I I have I don't know, like I have no idea. Like I I get less certain at the closer that we get, which is. I, I, backwards from how it, it should be. But yeah, I I think like I had JT posting on the Ryder Cup team thoughts today. Like what 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 is what's going on? I, I so I, yes, I, I yes. It, I, I, I think, think he could be on the team. 
I think it's too. I think there's too much recency bias in selecting the Ryder Cup. Teams. What? What do you? What? Okay, like uh, game that out. That's that's your phrase. Game. Yeah. How do you I, I just it? think that so we could do this every two years, and in theory, things that happen in the final three to four weeks should not have that much weight. Yet they have so much weight. The fact that we are even discussing Lucas Glover being on this team, which honestly. The way he's playing is awesome. There's just this, there's a, it's, um, it's, it's FOMO or reverse FOMO where you leave the hottest guy in the world off the team. Yeah. And that seems super dangerous and super scary for the captain when you would probably be better off just taking Justin Thomas over Lucas Glover. Well, <laughs> hey, everything, tra- every conversation no, about golf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I it, it's a it's a I don't know if it's FOMO I think it's a fear of like criticism which is what like what you're saying that's what yes. you're getting at right yeah of this fear of like uh being criticized or thought it's just uh, I but like okay so my question for you would be what window would you use right because you, you could use there's so many different and this is like I struggle in in thinking about this or talking about it because we talked about this on Sunday, Russell Henley is top 12. Like he's like one of the 12 best Americans in strokes gain over the last three months, six months, 12 months, 24 months. He's not really being talked about, you know? So like what, what's your window? You, I think you're really good about, and, and you've talked to me about, Hey, look at this window for guys going into a tournament. Look at this window for guys going into a major or whatever. What's your window for the Ryder cup? Yeah, so I think it's um, it's way longer than normal, but I think there are there's also a lot of other stuff to consider, right? You know, they're going to have to play alternate shot. They're gonna you're going to have to be on a team. It's it's very very different. Um, but I'd look at like nine months, honestly. Like I'm not going to take anybody who's just really really bad for the last you know three months or something like that. But but this is it's it's a super hard reset, and they are. Um, they're not 72 hole tournaments. They are sometimes 15 hole sprints and you might only hit half the shots. It, it, it is such a completely different thing. You've got to have ceiling. You've got to have experience. You've got to have guys that mesh. Well, I, I don't even know if anything that Lucas Glover right now, like it's awesome and all that, but how, how super relevant is it to being on a Ryder cup team? I mean, he could play his way on. Well, that's the other thing. If he wins this week, 3.6, what's he, do you have the standings in front of you? I can get him like very, very quickly. <laughs> um, so 3.6 uh, also with the 1.3 he earned last week, which is basically all of his points. I imagine. So he's going to be at 5,000 something. He he's, might earn his well. Way he's he's thirty fifth. He's way 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 down right. there. But what's but what's um? So how many points does he have? He's got um. Yes, he's he's right ahead of Phil. He's twenty five hundred. Okay, so if he adds three point six, he would be at um. Six well, is, it, is it is it three point six or three point one? Three point six. I thought it was three point six. Okay, so he'd be at so he'd be at six point one. He'd be at sixteenth, right behind Denny McCarthy. Um, now, then, if he goes out and I mean, he'd have to he'd have to he'd have to win twice, basically, to win twice to be an automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Which again, not infeasible. You, the nine month thing is interesting. I, I don't, I wouldn't argue like you're good on that stuff. I wouldn't argue against you. I think it brings somebody like a Finau really into, into focus, right? Finau's playing, he's hitting the ball great this week. And he, if, if you look at nine months, he's been pretty good. You know, it's, it's he's, not, he's the guy that I like, you know, I think a lot of people are throwing their hands up over, Oh, Denny McCarthy and Justin Thomas and JT Poston and whatever. I throw my hands up at Tony Finau. Cause that's, it's that longer period where I'm like, he was so good, so great for a long period. He hasn't been as good right now. Do I want to knock him for that? He's like my coin flip guy. Yeah, I, and I think, again, I've I've said this about Justin Thomas, and I'm and I think it about Tony Finau. If you're the captain, if I'm the captain, and I'm like, hey, we haven't won here in 30 years. Who do I who do I want late on the Sunday if it's tied? Do I want sorry, Denny McCarthy? Do I want Denny McCarthy or Tony Finau? It, it's not even like it makes the decision very easy. Like, I think that honestly, like that's not a, that's more of an, eye, Mark, I wouldn't be excited about that barometer. It's more of an eye test barometer, but that's sort of the deal with a Ryder cup. I, I the statistics matter. They don't not matter. You can't, t- I mean, well, they, they might not with JT, but I just think the, the other stuff matters way more than if you're trying to predict who's going to play well in a U.S. open. Right. Yeah, you're going to have somebody on this team who realistically might play one 18-hole singles match. And if they play an alternate shot session, like they're not going to hit that many shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's such a smaller sample. Yep. You could hit, I don't know, 130 shots, 120 shots. Yeah. And and they're all going to be critical. Yeah. Ah, it's it's gonna be the best. I I we we need we need to talk about Memphis, but I, I <laughs> we should talk about Spieth because he's he's another guy that's gonna be in Rome. All right, Lucas Glover, ten under par. He is your thirty six hole leader. One shot back, Jordan Spieth. And while Thursday was uh, blemish free and pretty pretty easy, that Friday round was not four bogeys on the card, but obviously offsets that with with the six circles. Just an absolute roller coaster for Jordan Spieth, including a uh, he hold out from a greenside bunker for birdie. I mean, this was a, a full. Speeth experience, the full speeth experience, and really the the hole that uh, the 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 twelfth hole, so third hole on the course, his twelfth on the day, he made a five, and that's actually the 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 it's one of the few holes that doesn't have a square or circle, and it was the craziest hole of the day. He hits it left rough off the tee, right water on his second shot, drops somehow, makes five, makes par, gets away with it. He said, <laughs> "I'm going to read this." He said, Michael was all over. Michael was all over it. This isn't the shot. This isn't the shot. And I was like, I think I can pull this one off, which is just like evergreen speed content, right? And then I hit it and I'm like, yeah, I can't really hook that out of this rough into this wind. (laughs) And I was like, all right, I'm playing well enough. Just stop making bad decisions and we'll go under par from here, which basically just describes his entire career. Has he has he ever been successfully talked off a shot by Michael? <laughs> he should, you know, if, uh, Phil used to get bones one veto. Uh, <laughs> Grower should get one per per round per day. Right. 
Yeah, per, per, per nine, maybe. <laughs> yeah, one on the front, one on the back. So that's one one shot back for, for Jordan Spieth, and then, then it turns into just logjam season, right? So five names at eight under, Sung J.M., Taylor Moore, Tommy Fleetwood, Emiliano Grillo, Tom Kim. Do we need to go any there? You want to keep rolling down to the sevens? Uh, I think you can go to the sevens. I mean, yeah. Fleetwood's been playing good. He's interesting, but I, I'm not super compelled by any of those guys. Yeah, let's... Let's see. Let's see what happens at the eights. The sevens, though, Adam Hadwin, JT Poston, Lee Hodges, Cam Davis, your one and done selection. Yes. And then Rory McElroy and Scotty Scheffler. Uh, both of them have gone 67 66. They've played together each of the first two days. Let's start with Scotty Scheffler. Uh, also, both of them have new putter in the bag. So far, so good for Scotty, who's gained. Nearly 1.8 strokes with the flat stick, 15th in the field in putting. He is three shots off the lead, and it is over. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Uh, yeah, look, he's he's putting it great, and I think that this is a situation where, and you talk about this a lot, and I think it's really good when you have a great ball striker and you get a couple of good days putting. You're like. There it is. Like that's the whole deal because he's gonna be there on Sunday afternoon. The ball striking just just over seventy two holes. It's it evens itself out, right? Or it it works itself out to where you're just guys like that are just there. And I think he's. I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe he's just kind of not having a great ball striking week, but it's hard to imagine that he. I think he's in a really really good position with 36 left not a not a massive group of great players in front of him not a you know runaway leader i i think he's he's kind of like right there he's he's i mean he could be within like one stroke of the lead three holes into saturday yep i love the resilience that he showed early on thursday bounced back got that thing a couple under par and then played much better on friday it's he he had some he had some bad shots. You know, I, I I watched a little bit of his back nine on on Friday, and it was like he hit a wedge that went in the water. I mean, it, there was just some some. It, it's it, he's so interesting because you watch him and it doesn't look great, and sometimes it doesn't end up great. And you're like, I don't know if I if I understand this, but he is just so cons like he just he, he's like Rom, like he just keeps coming, like he keeps coming, he keeps coming, he keeps hitting shots. And then he's just there at the end. And you're like, God, he's just a menace. He's just so consistent and resilient. And it's it's super impressive stuff. I I love he's like probably my favorite right now to just wa watch all 18 holes. Yeah, yeah. I I I agree. And it's almost like I wish I could put him if I could just take all of his all of his shots, scramble them up and be like, what it's what he's what he shoot? You'd be like, uh 75 i'm like nope 65 like, yeah. <laughs> like every time it's so good yeah and he it, yeah it's it, you know the thing that's interesting i don't know his par five numbers this year he seems like he just takes care of par fives and i think that is such a it's such a modern way to succeed on the pga tour i'm looking through today he was birdie uh i guess there's only two par fives so it was birdie birdie um but he just he 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 takes care of the holes that he needs to it's ne it never looks amazing it's never like a 10 you know but it's just 
the numbers are just there and and it's it's kind of cool i i'm kind of into it it's a little tim duncany where you're like yes i yeah I, I don't know man i don't know if i get it and then he's like 30 and 15 every night right he's not jumping over anybody he's not the fa- he's not the fastest guy he's not the biggest guy he's not the strongest guy he doesn't but it's just it's all there he's yeah he's like the spurs He's also a second in part five scoring this year. So yeah, there you go. Observation. Uh, Rory McIlroy also three shots back. Rory got off to a hot start, made birdie on number one, tacked on another at four. He gave that one back immediately at number five, but got a couple late in his round, 15 and 16. You look at Rory and his uh, putter change. So he's got a new putter in the bag this week. Hasn't been as good as Scotty's. He's lost a half a stroke over two rounds. And this has been, this KP was uh, basically the trial period. Rory was ready to go back to the spider losing a half a stroke on the putting surfaces. You think it comes back out on Saturday? I don't know. I've watched some, uh, probably more today than yesterday. The, the, and maybe this is just my view of it. The putter looks weird with him. He looks weird with it. And, and maybe that's just because you've seen so much of him with the spider over the last however many years. Mm -hmm. It just, it looks odd coming off the face and that isn't, Obviously, my observation doesn't mean he should or should not use a certain butter, but I got to say, dude, like I, I need to look up these numbers later on. His run from basically post PGA. So, what was his first tournament after the PGA? Memorial, maybe? I can find out for you. It, basically, Memorial until now. He's he's probably had better stretches of ball striking, but this is up there. Like he is the iron play is really, really good. And um, he's not getting a ton out of it, but I don't think he's necessarily discouraged by that. I think he knows how good he's playing right now and how that'll just kind of run him into a couple of wins at some point. Yeah, he played PGA, then the Memorial Canadian Open, US Open, and there is a lot of green on this profile. Just absolutely flush city right now so he's three shots back along with scotty scheffler do we have the pairings for tomorrow yet let's see rory mcelroy uh round three they're going out in three balls again sure why no i don't know it's so muddy everybody off everybody off one and threesomes uh how about these flushers rory mcelroy scotty scheffler lee hodges five-time winner PJ Tour winner, Lee Hodges. Listen, he's won 100% of his last one start, right? He hasn't played since the win, has he? I think he withdrew from Wyndham. Yeah, perfect. A couple of notables, and then we'll get out of here. It's been a long one. Uh, Rounds of the day. Lucas Glover, 64. Thomas Dietrich, 64. Victor Hovland, 64. (laughs) Hovland's card was nuts. And it could have been better. So I know. He, the guy, this is sick. So he bogeys three, the par five. So he's one over through six. Makes birdie on seven, eight, nine, 11, 12, 13, 15. And then on 16, that's where he missed the short one. Yeah, he, he missed a five-footer for another birdie. Yeah, it, he was. He got on like a just a total heater there. He looked like he was wearing tuxedo pants. By the way, it I, was... I can defend a lot of what he wears. The 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 stripe down the especially in black. It, you're yeah. right. It looks like he's just left a, a wedding, or he's oh, like going oh. to 
he's provided he's like wait he's a waiter at like a like a three-star michelin restaurant or something he needs to stick with the so bad it's good stuff like that's like what he did for the open even the masters the flower shirt you're like that's i wouldn't wear it but i'm i'm kind of i'm getting i'm coming around the stuff that's like just bad bad needs to needs to go the racing stripe i've seen it before but in black it's horrible it's it's just it's objectionable yeah, but it's it's tough. Shot of 64, six shots off the lead. Betting odds, please, Josh. Let's see what we got here. I imagine that uh, Scotty, yeah, Scotty Scheffler, five and a half to one. Jordan Spieth, six. Rory, six and a half. Glover, seven. Uh, Fleetwood, Tom Kim, Sungjae, Emiliano, and Shoffley are anywhere between between ten and twelve, or excuse me, ten and twenty in that order. I'm again, I'm not going to bet it now, but like I'm pretty sure Scotty's going to win. <laughs> It's so crazy that he only has two wins this year, right? I mean, I know they're two two monsters, like two really, really good wins, but it seems like it seems like he has four and Rom has two. It's it it almost feels like the other way around. I, I don't I don't really like anything on here. Uh, maybe Sungjae at fourteen. He's been playing better of late. Uh, nothing else seems very like. There's a lot of value at all maybe there's value in shuffler i don't know i kind of hate all these numbers honestly um i have a pre-tournament 80 to 1 on emiliano grillo but there's like probably zero chance he wins this with these guys lurking around but yeah i don't like i don't like any of these uh producer josh said who you guys think has played better this year rom or scotty he put a poll did you did he did you just put that poll up producer josh like on on youtube on the YouTube, no. The other oh, day. he put it put it the other day. Uh, who's played better this year, Rom or Scotty? That's wow. such a. <laughs> I mean, it's it. I feel like I'm like just walking into a trap. Um, I think Scotty has, but, uh, the, but but Rom won the Masters, so I don't. I don't. It's. I don't know. It's it's a hard question. I'm po- I'm like positive it's Scotty, but <laughs> I'm not. Rom's got so Rom Rom did all his damage between January and and April. Yeah, which is always tough. So, golf on CBS YouTube. Uh, our our listeners they took Rom. Sixty two percent took Rom. Thirty eight percent took Scotty. I would like it to be closer than that. I believe it's. I think it's. I think it's Scotty because I don't care about the wins as much. Maybe I should. No. I, well, you can't. Listen, I'm not going to – I wouldn't argue with Rom. Like, I'm not mad if people put Rom. Like, I was kind of annoyed by the Cantlay Rom thing a couple of years ago in 20 uh, – what was that, 2021? When when Cantlay won the, the fake memorial and I think he won player of the year and everything. Like, that – okay. Like, we need, to, we need to do our due diligence there. Here, it's like, I don't know, man. He won the Masters and he won Riv. Like, he won some, like, real – stuff uh it's just hard because it, it it's it's the eternal war of do you value finishing in the top five every week or popping up and winning a couple times where the other guy doesn't win as much that's i mean i feel like you and i talk about this almost every week and i i don't know i don't know what's i think what scotty has done is harder to do in some ways because nobody's ever really done it other than tiger but I also think that what like winning does matter. So 
I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. Uh, strokes gained wise for the whole season. Scotty's the gap between Scotty and John Rom one and two is the same gap between Rom and about Ricky Fowler, who is eighth. So it's, it's, it hasn't been close there, but I think this is, this is truly the tiebreaker. I believe that uh, Scotty would trade his season for Rom's and Rom would not trade his season for Scotty's. Yeah. But that's just a major thing, right? Like I, th- I think that's like the modern overvaluation of, of winning majors, sure. which I don't, I'm not saying it's like the wrong way. I, I guess what I'm saying is there's a thousand ways to measure it. And I think the one that you and I probably value the most is, is, uh, is that Scotty's had a better season. I think if you play this season out a thousand times, I think Scotty wins. I think this is like the least he, he wins, right? If you, if you play it out, it's going to, it's going to end up being, even with two wins, it's going to end up being like the least, valuable like whatever his well i don't know what his expected win number is i guess we could look it up but it's it's not it's gonna be more than two. <laughs> oh yeah it's i i will look it up right now if i can find it real quick if you want to vamp for a second yeah uh, so so scotty 38 percent does not feel like enough to you so the expected win takes strokes gained how often uh because you there's a lot of win luck at these so you can kind of run this and say okay if you gain x number of strokes or in these types of events you should win this many times and over time it generally starts to level itself out it's just like any other advanced metric and most guys you know they're if if you have an expected it's it's a lot smaller than you think nobody has an expected win rate of five or seven it's it's always much smaller than you think if you have an expected win of like a half you've done a great job for that yeah it's it's a it's not a perfect statistic but it is it's it's valuable if you use it in the right way okay expected wins 2023 uh do you care to guess for both of them um i bet you they're smaller than i think they are so i bet this is is a pga this is non-majors pga tour events so so you can do major guess and then pga tour events i bet i bet i bet they are both in the um like 1.6 range no uh victor hovland's in the 1.6 range rory rory mcelroy's in the 1.6 range uh keegan bradley's in the 1.6 range john rom is john rom's three point three and a half and scotty scheffler's 3.45 holy crap that is shocking to me so So, so, there you go so they're both at like three and a half and john's got four over expectation scheffler too blue yeah and that i mean look rory's got three well this okay so this counts europe all uh, this counts european tour also rory's got three and his expected uh pga tour wins is 1.6 now he one of those was a european event so factor that in however you want scheffler has two and his expected was more than double 3.4 what rory's is so it just over 20 years it even it you know if you i've actually done this if you download the numbers you don't you can't it's hard to stray very far from your expected wins right and if you look at the majors this year Expected wins, Brooks is first with 0.9, Harmon second with 0.8, Rom third with 0.7. All three of those guys want a major. Scotty Scheffler fourth with 0.6, Wyndham Clark 0.6, Hovland 0.5, Rory 0.4. Wow. I'm so, so at how big those numbers were. 
for yeah. Scotty. I mean, they, they, the January to May was just insane for both of them. Wow. Whew. All right. Well, listen, we've we have we've done quite a quite a, quite a good job tonight. Let me get you back to the get you back to the kids. Uh, we will be back Saturday and Sunday for the rest of Memphis, and we'll see the fifty advancing on to Chicago next week. Big thanks, producer Josh, is all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 